Hello, 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 and welcome to Circling Back. This is going to be a monthly interview on the Debutiful podcast feed where we check in with one author who has published a book about six months prior. They're not pitching themselves. They're not pitching their book. They're just going to chat about what happens after the nerves of book launch, after book tour, after the publicity cycle. Settle down, and they're just living their lives. Today's guest released her debut book on August 15th, six months ago. It is called Stop Waiting for Perfect. She is a freelance lifestyle and wellness journalist. She's not a regular mom, but a writer mom. Please welcome L'Oreal Thompson Payton. Hey, L'Oreal. So the idea of circling back was for me to circle back with an author I had previously interviewed or covered, but we're breaking the mold on episode two of this series, and I did not cover your book uh, for various reasons. There's so many books out there. It's a little bit outside of my comfort zone of what Day Beautiful covers, but I love watching you on Twitter and Instagram. You do such amazing work, and so I'm curious. I just want you to introduce yourself to the Day Beautiful readers. Who are you? What is your story? Who am I? Such a great question, right? <laughs> I am an author, right? I can say that now. Yes, it still yes. feels a little weird. <laughs> um, and a freelance writer, usually working on uh, health and wellness stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a certified yoga instructor as Very well. Cool. I just started teaching in person recently, which is exciting. And the mom of a very talkative two-year-old. So mm-hmm. that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah. And um before I dive into questions and like hearing about how you have been since, yes, you became an author, a published writer, or I mean, I guess you are a freelance writer, so you have been published for years probably, but uh, tell, what is the pitch for Stop Waiting for Perfect? I feel whenever I do read books like yours, my pitch is always just the subtitle, which is step out of your comfort zone and into your power. But what is Stop Waiting for uh, for Perfect? Yeah, Stop Waiting for Perfect is a love letter and a pep talk to all of the recovering perfectionists, aspiring perfectionists, overachievers, highly ambitious people who have really bold and audacious dreams, but are letting their fear, their self-doubt, imposter syndrome, um, fear of not showing up perfect get in the way of achieving those goals and those dreams. So this is that that love letter and kind of warm hug to people yeah. because it's not like, Hey, I figured it all out either. Like I'm definitely sure. still living the book um, even today and challenging myself to step out of my comfort zone and thinking about yoga, especially. Um, so it's very much that peer to peer kind of conversation. I grew up in a uh, suburb of Phoenix called Chandler and it so starts with a C that's all that matters for the story and there was a program in fifth and sixth grade you can get into called cats Chandler academically talented students so it was like the honors class yeah. in fifth grade and I've been thinking a lot about how the pressures of like honors classes puts on especially at just children in general but then what I think it does like white men is makes us think we're way more special than we are (laughs) um but anyway it's but the idea of like oh you have to be perfect starting at like fifth grade which is insane to me oh yeah and say relatable I skipped fourth grade I was valedictorian of my eighth grade class honor roll the magna cum laude dean's list like Mm -hmm. all of these 
accolades and then you get into the real world and it's like, wait, but I did all the work and the things that I was supposed to do. Why am I like, I graduated in the middle of a recession. So I didn't have a job lined up and thought that that was the end of the world. And since then I've quit jobs multiple times and it's not Mm -hmm. the end of the world, but that conditioning when you're young to follow the rules, do as you're told for black women, especially, I feel like work twice as hard to get half as much has been ingrained. And this is my way of trying to undo that. Yeah. When did you start thinking about like, things don't need to be perfect? Like how many years ago did you start having this mantra kind of seep into your head? When I started writing the book. Mm. (laughs) And I think two things that happened at this like same time, I also had just given birth to this tiny human and I was confronted with like my Peloton is behind me. Um, I know people can't see it on the podcast, but I had a 600 something day streak going um, even up to the day that she was born, you know, I had scheduled C-section. I was listening to the meditation in the car on the way there. And about a month later, uh, we were taking her to one of her doctor's appointments and I forgot to log in, forgot to log a workout. The streak had ended. I was devastated and cried real tears, which is kind of embarrassing to admit (laughs) out loud, but that's where I was. But then working with my therapist and it's like, no, I'm the same person. I'm still worthy. I'm still L'Oreal. I'm still a good human being with or without this streak. Then I started to realize, okay, perfection isn't everything. It's also not attainable. It's not real. And so why am I aspiring and going through like to all of these lengths to try to make it so when it doesn't need to be and it's actually pretty damaging, you know, to my mental health as well. Definitely. And then normally Day Beautiful uh, covers like that whole process, writing, publishing. We're going to flash forward to August 15th, 2023. Mm -hmm. The book publishes. Debut years are messy. They're not perfect. What were you feeling the first time you saw your book in a bookstore or the first time you didn't see it in a bookstore? Because that happens. Oh, yes. And it has happened many times (laughs) since then. Um, The first time I saw it in the store actually was the day before. So we were in New York for the weekend. Um, I was on CBS Mornings the day before the launch on August 14th. And that was, it was funny, actually, someone on Twitter the other day was talking about like, which day of your life would you choose to relive? And I flashed back to that day because it was kind of this culmination of everything that I once upon a time didn't think was possible in Mm -hmm. my life, right? Like the book, the career, the baby, those who know me and have followed us know that we've gone through kind of a tumultuous IVF journey as well to get to that point. Um, Many, many rejections to get to the book. And then be on national TV with Gail King was like, oh my gosh, all of this is, and I brought the family with me. Like when my publicist was like, hey, we confirmed this. I was like, great. I want to bring them because I want my daughter to see, I know she won't remember. She was like, um, not even two at the time, but to know that she was there and to have her witness this moment. And then that evening, so we went back, I was too hyped up to take a uh, nap <laughs> after CBS mornings it was really early in the morning. Um, yeah. We got lunch and kind of walked around New York. And then I had my book launch at Cafe Con Libros in Brooklyn mm. and walking in seeing the display was just like oh my gosh and it almost kind of felt not real because I'm like oh it's an event of course they have the book 
Um, but it was amazing. My friend Aisha, who's this wonderful, super kind human being and mega influencer, was kind enough to be my conversation partner. We sold out the event multiple times, like it ended up being standing room only. And I knew Cafe Con Libros is um, pretty small, but it was um, it was a packed house and I cried like it was just so overwhelming in that moment, this dream that I had, I'd visit the bookstore like years ago, my friends and I have a um, mini book club and we did a reading retreat uh, pre-pandemic and we had done this book tour in Brooklyn and that was one of the places we went to. And it was really important for me to have this launch at a black woman owned bookstore. And so that that happened was just like surreal. If I could live any day over again, I think it would be that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess, that is good to bring up that it was the day you recorded that the day before, like the official book mm-hmm. launch. Not many like de- debutiful literary debut, very niche, like they don't sell a lot in life. Like that's just the mm-hmm. literary debut life, but like yeah. books like yours that could reach a wider audience and reach readers who aren't readers. And I'll put mm-hmm. that in quotes, you know, just people who want to better their lives yeah. as opposed to reading about like a sad girl in a cafe. Right. Um, <laughs> what is that like? Like the, 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 like, what has the feedback been? Who do you hear from? How do you hear from them? Um, what have you learned that they take away from it? Yeah, it's been really inspiring. I remember even at the Cafe Con Libros one, there was a mom, a Black mom who bought her daughter and then the daughter wants to be a writer. And so she was excited to mm-hmm. meet me. And it was like her first book ever that had been signed by an author. And that happened a few other events where there was this kind of generational aspect to it where the moms are like, I'm getting this from my mom and my auntie. And it was very special for me, because of course, anyone who identifies as perfectionist, um, highly ambitious, overachiever wants to kind of undo all of that, um, can find themselves in this book. And because I'm a Black woman, it was written very much from my lens and perspective mm-hmm. and to Black women and girls, especially to go back to that twice as hard, half as much and be like, no, there's a different way. We can exist in a softer way. And when I get those DMs, when I get the emails, it really warms my heart. Um, I saw a review recently, actually, uh, someone who said it, it's like your millennial girlfriend talking to you, you know, like very much in that teen magazine kind of vibe. Um, and I love that because that is that is me. That's my voice. That's always kind of been that more conversational sort of vibe. And so um, those, and it's always, I see those DMs and the, um, those emails when I'm feeling really low (laughs) about myself in the book, because it is, I feel like at least kind of an underdog when, you know, there are so many books out there and there's so many lists and Mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. feeling a little bit of jealousy, I'll admit, um, or FOMO because it's like, well, why, why am I not on there? Or how come I wasn't included? And those notes from readers remind me of the reason why I wrote it and that it's really for them and the people who need it. Like I trust that it will find its Mm -hmm. reader and make a difference in their life what what advice have you gotten what what circles have you met have you learned from um since publishing yes oh my gosh so much and I'm really grateful for I think of Ashley Coleman immediately who runs permission to write and we meet every Friday so actually like in a half hour I'll hop (laughs) on zoom with her and um, some other women of color writers and just vibe and she was kind of my big sister in publishing because she published before me and told me like kind of what to expect if you need anything here's how this goes here's how to 
work that. And so having the people and everyone who wrote a blurb for me, I mean, that felt very much like nerdy high school girl going to the cool girls to be like, hey, can you <laughs> do me this favor? And everyone was super kind and really helpful. Yvette Dion did the virtual launch with me, which I'm super grateful for. Uh, Minda Hartz, Phoebe Robinson, uh, Melissa Kimball of Black Creatives. And so it was very um, humbling to know, okay, they've got my back and they're rooting me on, um, they're cheering, they're retweeting, they're sharing. And it's been really special because these are people that I admire. And of course I aspire to be like, as well in terms of publishing multiple books someday. So it's been, um, it's been quite the ride and a very humbling <laughs> one at that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I do find like the publishing cycle fascinating and connecting with authors, I think is like the one unsolicited advice I always give people like when we're not recording, it's like one, don't stress about things Two, make sure the day of your book launch, either you're taking photos or not even book launch, just like the day it's out Yeah. or ask like a friend to come with you and make sure they just take a bunch of photos. You may not need them, but it'll be nice. 20 years later, five, five days later to scroll oh, through yeah. and see photos. And then the last advice is just connect with people because everyone is going through it. Everyone's getting bad, good read reviews or dumb Amazon reviews of people saying like the book was ripped. So it's a one star, not realizing that has nothing to do with the author. It was a shipping error. Yeah, right. And that one <laughs> star is really going to affect that author. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's just, I, I, that's a tirade I go on, but that's my advice have fun connect with people take photos yes um your book is six months old how has the hype died down not from you internally but like do you see like less followers less likes less emails or is are, is there like a consistent like people are finding your book is it is still exciting for to get those emails yeah, I think it's been pretty consistent. And I see it having sort of this life cycle where, you know, it came out in the summer, there was this push right around the holidays, people mm. were gifting it for friends and family members. And I think it lends itself well to a good like top of the year, New Year's book. Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. set all their goals and resolutions um, going into Black History Month, Women's History Month. There's opportunity there as well. I think it could also be really good around commencement season, you know, as a good graduation gift. So I anticipated having these kind of waves that come yeah. and go. Um, but yeah, my hope is that it's something people come back to revisit, will want to gift and listen to when they need a pep talk. Uh, Talia Hibbert, who's a British romance novel writer I love, and she listened to the audiobook twice, like back to back, because she was like, it was that good. And it was just exactly what I needed to hear, um, which I was like, oh my gosh, but I love you. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like you're reading my book for inspiration. And that's what I hope that because I reread Big Magic every year, top of the year to kind of infuse some creativity into uh, my life and my work. And I want this book to be that for someone else. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself since publishing the book, since going through the publicity cycle, going on tour, not getting speaking engagements, getting speaking engagements, connecting with all your authors. When it comes down to it, the last six months, you learned what? I am a lot more resilient than I gave myself credit for um, to do all of that while at the time still working the full-time job. Um, I was mm -hmm. at Fortune and being a health and wellness reporter 
um, before I quit, actually right before the launch and just kind of re-figuring all of that out now back as a full-time freelance journalist and shape, like taking my own advice. That's what I've learned to do. I feel like I said on LinkedIn the other day, I was like, if 2021, 2022 was about writing the book, 2023 was revising and then promoting once it came out, 2024 is the year that I am living it and taking my own advice and giving myself permission to stop waiting for the perfect moment. Like I just launched merch to complement the book. So people have their mugs and their totes and their shirts. And that was an idea I had back even before the pub date, but I was just like, well, I have to, and wait it and wait it and procrastinate it. And it was like, no girl, now's the time to, to take your, your own advice and really live and practice what you preach. So that's what I've been doing uh, so far this year. Thank you so much to L'Oreal Thompson Payton for letting me circle back with her or chat with her for the first time at least. You can find her on the internet at ltinthecity.com and on Twitter and Instagram at ltinthecity. And you can get her debut book, Stop Waiting for Perfect, at your favorite local independent bookstore or at bookshop.org. You can find me, Adam, on social media at FitCabbage. You can find Day Beautiful at daybeautiful.net and on all social media at Day Beautiful. And as always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful. And you're all beautiful. <laughs>